0: there, welcome to another life-transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwit Achero. Can we go to the word of God? Alright, we've been looking at the types of people in the church. The types of people in the church. Our pilot scripture is Exodus chapter 12 where we see that a mixed multitude left Egypt. It was an, It was a crowd that was having different types of people. And Moses is leading or pastoring a church that is coming out of bondage, but it is a mixed multitude with so many different people from all walks of life. Their perspective is different. You know, their character is different. Their attitudes are different. And this is the church that Moses was pastoring. He was pastoring ex-slaves. They are from Egypt. They are still thinking about Egypt. They have so many issues. They don't know how to relate with God. They don't know how to worship God. They don't know how to plug into the purpose and the plans of God. And you can see that with time that God was able to instruct Moses to come up with laws and regulations on how they should live together. Hallelujah. In the book of Leviticus, it has all those laws, how they should sacrifice, how they should worship. You know, then he came up with the Ten Commandments, you know, to try and help a bunch of ex-slaves, you know, to be orderly. This was a mixed multitude. And the crowd that we see coming out of Egypt is a replica of the church that we have in the 21st century. The church is full of many types of people. It's full of different types of people. The church is actually full of a mixed multitudes. And we saw different types of people who visit the church. The first one was the browser, if you remember. The second one was the admirer. The browser just comes to check out. Ask your neighbor, have you come to check out? Tell them this is who we are. The second is the admirer. Admires from far, but he's not really serious about committing himself to the church. He admires everything about the church. He admires from a distance. He loves the church, but he will never commit himself to the church. Then the third one was the critical. This one is very vocal. He's like a politician. He's He's in the opposition party and he's critical about everything. He criticizes the prayer and fasting program. And he says they want to kill us. (laughs) This is how people die. A thousand ways to die. (laughs) Very critical about everything, and they don't have anything good to say about the church. Then we have the Trojan horse joins the church but fights it from within. He joins the church and he becomes a virus, a terrible virus to wreck and destroy the system so that the system malfunctions. Ask your neighbor for me, are you a Trojan horse? Please, if you don't answer your neighbor, they will think you are. So you should say no immediately. Ask them one more time, are you a Trojan horse? So you should answer and say no immediately, isn't it? And so I want to continue from there and look at number five. Number five is the professional visitor. This one has the PhD of visiting churches. He is like a journalist who visits different places to come up with news or documentaries. This one has the habit of visiting different churches. And he even brags about it, that he's been to this church, he's been to this church, He's been to that church. He's been to the mainstream churches. He's been to the Pentecostal churches. He's been to the traditional churches. He's been to all types of churches, and he will brag about it. He will tell you something that happens in the traditional churches. He will tell you something that happens in the mainstream churches. He will tell you something that is happening in the Pentecostal, you know, uh, churches. He will poke holes in all these different denominations. He will tell you that this one, their strength is this. this one, their weakness is this. This one, this is where they are doing well. This one, this is how they are failing. He will give you all stories of all the churches. He is on a mission every Sunday to visit every church he sees around him. He is a professional visitor. You see him today, you will never see him again. They are gone completely. But as they go, they go, they go to come up with a documentary. Of the city of transformation. Then they will go to another church. And stay there. And and visit rather. Then after that leave and go to another church. And they have all these wonderful stories. Of different churches. They move to and fro. Somebody say to and fro. Job chapter 1 verse 6 to 7. The Bible says now there was a day when the sons of God. Came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan, somebody say Satan. Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth. And from walking back and forth on it. The devil was roaming to and fro. He was walking up and down. He was walking back and forth. So you can see that moving from one place to another without purpose, without plan, is a characteristic of Satan. The professional visitor behaves like Satan. Moving to and fro. If you ask them, where are you from? I am from Hope International Church. Where are you going to? I am going to volcanic eruptions ministries. Moving to and fro. You see him once. You see her once. And you will never see her or see him ever again. You see when you are in a car. For example. A car that is moving. And this car is moving on a bumpy road. All right. It is difficult for you to do some things while you are in the car. You can't read. It's very difficult for you to read a book. You can't drink, you know, your soda or your soft drink in peace. Why? Because as the car is moving on these bumpy roads, it keeps on jacking you behind or backwards and forwards. So you keep on jacking, you know, backwards and forwards. So if you're holding something, it will be very difficult for you to actually drink any drink that is in that thing, whether it is a cup or whether it is food that is on your plate. You see, as the car is moving, sometimes it has to break, sometimes it has to support, sometimes it has to take a turn. So That's very difficult for you to coordinate your movements while you are in this car. That is how professional they are. You can't rely on them to work with you. You can't rely. You can't even give them a response because you are not sure that they will be. They are moving through and fro. They are not committed. They are not. You cannot appoint them to do anything. You cannot ask them to do anything. In fact, if you talk to them and tell them, "Can you please do this thing for me?" They will tell you, "I'm very very sorry because next Sunday I'll not be there." Then you ask them, "So when will you be there?" They say, "I don't know. Maybe next year." Or after five years. So they are not dependable at all. If you are a professional visitor, I want you to know that you are behaving like Satan. Maybe you are here, you came to check out, then next Sunday you go somewhere, then somewhere else. You keep on sampling churches. You are behaving like Satan. Satan was moving to and fro. Satan was moving to and fro. Ask your neighbor, are you a professional visitor? Please, when they ask you a question, you answer very quickly. Sometimes I even wonder, these people who have this kind of behavior, if they can ever settle in marriage. Sometimes I wonder if they can settle on a job. If you give them a job, if they can settle there. Because when you have that kind of disposition. Of moving and moving and moving. You can never settle in anything. You will never settle in marriage. Because you will enter a marriage and sample that lady. When you feel like you are done. You look for something new. And the reason. And and one of the ways of looking for something new. You make life difficult for the daughter of Abraham. You make her live. Hey, the church is quiet today. Are you ready for me to preach today? You just make the life of someone in your life difficult so that they may live because you are done with them. You are done and dusted and you want something new. You know, even when you give them a job, they will do it. When they feel like they are done with it, they start becoming lazy. They start coming late because they are looking for an opportunity for you to fire them. You know, there are people who are looking for an opportunity to be fired. Yeah, because they are tired. They are trying to look for something new. Such people, I wonder if they can really settle in something. If if you have that kind of disposition, you need to work on it. Otherwise, you will never experience stability in many areas in your life. Amen. Lift your hand and say, I will never be a professional visitor. In Jesus' name. Number six is the prodigal prodigal member. The prodigal member. The prodigal member leaves his spiritual father but after a while realizes he made a huge mistake and decides to come back. Did you get what I said? He leaves the father But when he goes out there, he moves from church to church to try and find a father he has left. Then everywhere he goes, he doesn't find one. Then he realizes, oh, I have made a mistake. And then he decides to do what? To come back. Now, some, because of pride, they can't come back. But they know they are suffering. They know life is difficult. They know things are not working as they should. Only the humble swallow their pride, and they say, "Daddy, I'm sorry. I want to come back home." Let me give you a scripture basis for that. Luke chapter 15 is a story of it's a parable that Jesus gave of a prodigal son who left his father. And now there are three things about the prodigal son that relates to the prodigal member. Are you ready for me this morning? Mm -hmm. Number one, the prodigal son was deluded to think that he was mature. He thought he had matured. He thought now he can actually stand on his own. But his behavior reveals otherwise. Because he didn't have a vision. He didn't have a plan for investment. He didn't even have a strategy for multiplying his inheritance. He went out there and you can see that his behavior revealed a lot of immaturity. People who live are deluded to think they can also build and have what their father has built and has. In fact, some of them even start churches while they are still in their spiritual diapers. Because they think, I am now mature. I mean, sometimes when people leave, you look at them and you're like, oh my God, this one is going to be destroyed. I remember there's a time one of my sons left and immediately he put a poster advertising his church. I told Pastor Mary, this one is a novice this one is a baby and he will not last long. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand. Can I tell you something? Fathers go through many things that they never tell their children. Also, sometimes your child will come, or a child will come and tell the father, I want to get married, and the child, and the father will say, No. Because when the father looks at you, he knows. You will not survive in that marriage. Hmm. Today the preaching is hitting home. Your father will look at you and say, why don't you wait for a year? Because he can, he can see that there are certain things that you have not developed inside of you. Because your father knows what marriage is. It's not what you think. You, you think marriage is is like soap opera Alejandro and Paloma and Ruby. Who else? Diego. Huh? Who else? Nicholas. <laughs> That's what you see. Just thinking your husband will be holding your hands. You are thinking when you have troubles, your husband will be coming to the bedroom with a guitar. And singing to you until you begin to melt. (laughs) Ask your neighbor for me. Do you even know how to play the guitar? You He will look at you and say, no, you're not ready. You're not ready. And sometimes your spiritual father will look at you and say, "Mm -mm, you are not ready. And I told Pastor Mary, watch and see. The church did not even go anywhere. It didn't go anywhere. Because there is a lot that is involved in fatherhood. A father provides. A father is a pioneer. A father conquers new territories. If you don't have it in you, you will not survive. So this prodigal son thought, "Eh, I think I can do what my father has done. I've matured. Maybe he looked at himself one day in the mirror and he saw some beard. He looked at his chest. And he saw it had split into two. And there was grass in the middle. (laughs) Is it grass or hair? Hair. (laughs) And then when he said hallelujah, he he felt there's a baritone voice coming out of his mouth. He said, "Mm, I think I'm ready. He looked around and he saw how his father was ruling the homestead. And he said, I think I can also do this. But he was not ready for it. He thought he's mature. And that's why he left his father. And a lot of people live prematurely, they live before their time. They live before they are ready to go out there and do what God has called them to do. They feel they are mature, but they're actually not mature. You see, when you're young, you argue with your father. Argue with your mother. You argue a lot. Mom does not understand me. Mom is old-fashioned. Dad is old-fashioned. He's not even on Facebook. He's not even on Instagram. He's not even on Twitter. He's not even where? TikTok. Dad, you need to join TikTok so you may understand me. But as you begin to grow older, you realize, hey, you're beginning to agree with everything that your father used to tell you. Now I agree with everything my father used to tell me. Everything. The things he used to tell me, I agree with them because of where I've matured. But when you're young, you'll always feel like, oh, your father is unreasonable. Your mother is unreasonable. They don't want you to be happy. They don't want you to marry that man. They don't want you to marry that woman because, you know, they are thinking, you know, I am marrying for them. I'm not marrying for them. They are seeing farther than you. The church is quiet. That's why God put you puts you under somebody who can speak sense in your heads. Someone say glory. Everything I have done when my father was alive, I consulted him. And now I consult my mother. Yeah. The other day I even told her mom, I want to do this. What do you think? She said, do it. Then she sent me a message and I am so happy that you decided to do it because it has been in my heart. Yeah. I still honor my father through my mother. So my mother has become my father. (laughs) Look, there are people who are ahead of you. Don't play around with them. Oh, pastor, I feel power. I feel fire shut in my bones. You even speak to your pastor in tongues. Look, it's more than tongues. I wish the prodigal son asked the father for his opinion. He could have told him, Son, I think you're not ready. Give it time a little bit. Secondly, what we see about this prodigal son? Number one, he was deluded to think he was mature. Number two, he wanted autonomy. The prodigal son wanted autonomy. He wanted to be by himself, he wanted to be independent. He felt like the father was controlling him too much. And that's how prodigal members feel. When they want to leave, they feel like the pastor is controlling them too much. And so they look for an exit door so that they can go and experience independence. Do you know if you, how many have children here? Lift your hand. Do you control your children? Ah. Why are you not answering me? I'm asking again, do you control your children? Yes. Are you my children? Yes. Should I control you? Yes. <laughs> Some of you are not even saying anything. But it's the truth. That's why you tell your child, don't go to that neighbor's house. This one you can go, but that one don't go. Those ones are wicked. And then you tell your child, don't tell them they are wicked. (laughs) And then your child goes to that neighbor and says, daddy, say, you (laughs) are. and he said, I should not tell you. But the parent wants the best for the child. That is tr- that's why he's trying to control the child. The parent will tell the child, don't play with those children. They're not good. They're teaching you bad manners. Don't go to that house. That's why you see some children, when they go to a particular house for a day, when they come back, they're singing secular songs. And they're dancing before you in a manner to suggest... <laughs> That they are, all, they are high on something. So a lot of prodigal members, before they leave, they think, I need my freedom. There are things I need to do. There are places I need to go. My father has been controlling me too much. I now want to experience freedom in my life. You see, the father of this prodigal son controlled his behavior. He determined how much he spent because he kept on saving for him. He encouraged frugality in the homestead. He set high standards of responsibility and great virtues in the home for the boy to inculcate in his disposition. And this is the same thing that pastors do. Pastors set high standards for believers. Pastors influence and control their members through the teachings of God's word. Because let me tell you, if you are not controlled, you will go bazaar. Because you never tell them you need to be controlled. And so prodigal members decide to go out there because they want to be free. And sometimes they want to do some crazy things because they feel the pastor will not approve what I want to do. Look at what happened to this boy when he gained freedom. Look like, look at what he did. If you study the story, you'll be surprised. When he was given his inheritance, the Bible says he spent his money on rioters living. Rioters. The boy rioted. You remember when we were finishing high school, the way people were saying, I'm going to riot. Or you didn't go to school? Ask your neighbor, what's the name of your high school? Kabuot. what? Because we felt like we were being restrained and constrained in high school. So when we were getting out, we said, we are going to riot. This is what the boy did. He went and lived a riotous life. Riotous simply means characterized by wild living and uncontrolled behavior. So that means he went into parties. He went into women and booze. Do you know booze? Some of you don't know what booze is. Oh, booze is alcohol. Women, parties, alcohol. And you see, these are the things that the father did not allow in the house. The father was constraining the boy. The father was controlling the boy. The father was instilling virtues of frugality and responsibility in the boy. But the moment the boy stepped out of the covering of the father, the carnality in him came out. And now it is women, booze, reckless living, wild living, patting, going to Naivasha with Subarus. (laughs) I'm not against Subaru, by the way, but you get my point. Patting, drinking, moving from one place to another, having women because women have a way of smelling money in your pockets. How many ladies here want a loaded man? Oh, they are lying. They are not lifting their hands, they are lying. They can sniff it. And they sniffed the money in the pocket of this young boy. And they said, this guy is loaded. And they were attracted to him. And the guy wasted his money. Look, you're not just here to attend church. You are here to be controlled by the teachings that I give you every Sunday. Yes. Yes. Tell your neighbor you have to be controlled. That's why I tell husbands love your wives. Don't beat your wives. I have seen people leave this church and their marriage breaks. Why? Because when they were here they were afraid of the pastor. Which is good. You need somebody that you're afraid of. You need a father figure in your life that you're afraid of so that you may not do some things. Oh, you're not supporting me, but I'm telling you, I am preaching very good. You need somebody that you are afraid of. And so they break from the cover. The next thing you hear, they are not living together. They have divorced. When you ask why, they tell you stories, you get shocked. When we left, my husband changed. Started beating me. Started sleeping with the house manager. I bring a new one; he sleeps with her. I even bring an old mama. He also fires that one. Now I, am, I have brought a house boy, but he was not happy to see the house boy. He frustrated the house boy, and the house boy left. I am telling you things which are real. Because if there's no that fatherly voice to speak to you and tell you stop your nonsense, you can be crazy. You can be crazy. Look at your neighbor and tell them, pastor it's talking about you. You, you can be very crazy. Hmm. I used to be in a church and there is a guy who left his father in a bad way. One day I asked about him. I was told he died. Physically he died. So it is serious. Look, this prodigal son was going to die. Look at his life. Look at what happened to him. He was one step to death. Thank God. He came back to his senses. I mean, you get desperate until you're eating what pigs are eating. You're on your way to the grave. You're on your way to the grave. Yet your father is so blessed. He's rich. Blessed. The guy was almost dying. So a prodigal member realizes, hey, Things are not working out. I need to go back. Number three, I told you three things, isn't it? Are you with me? Are you still here? Are you enjoying my message? Should I stop or should I continue? The prodigal son also wanted to be disconnected from his father. I've touched on it, but I want to go deeper here quickly. He wanted to be disconnected from the father. So prodigal members are enticed to leave the covering of their father. They leave and severe links with him and go to look for a better father. Because they say, I want a stronger anointing to deal with my issues. There's nothing like a stronger anointing. Anointing is anointing. You understand what I'm saying? There is nothing like a stronger anointing. Anointing is what? It's anointing. But then, let me tell you, getting another father is very difficult getting a good father is very difficult, it's not as easy as some of you think. Some of you think you can just change fathers the way you want, it's very difficult. And the principle we see it even in the natural your biological father will never change. You can have a surrogate father, but the fact remains the one who brought you on earth, you can't change that story, he still remains. And so some leave. Prodigal members leave because they say, I think my father has been so hard on me. He's been frugal. He's been denying me money. He doesn't give me opportunities. I mean, there is no day he allowed me to drive his car. There is no day he allowed me to talk to his servants. And yet I'm his son. There is no day he gave me money. And he told me, go and spend it the way you want. He's a hard man. Let me look for another, pa- another father who can be nice to me. Who can be giving me handouts. He went out there looking for one. And let me tell you, he got one. Because when you look, you will find. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. He found one. And who is the father he found? He found another citizen of the country. And he told him, come, I can help you. And he told him, from today, you will not even live in my house. You will stay with the pigs. That was the father he found. You will stay with the pigs and you will eat whatever the pigs are eating. That was the father. His real, authentic father allowed him to stay in his house. But the fake father he found gave him a bed with the pigs. By the time you have pigs in those days, you are very rich. By the times you have pigs that you are feeding, in those days, you are a wealthy man. But he couldn't allow this boy to be in his house. To eat the food that was in his house. Yet his real, authentic father allowed him to eat the food that was in his house. But when he found this fake father, he told him, you will stay with the pigs out there, and pigs are dirty. Pigs are noisy. I don't even know how you are sleeping at night. Have you been around pigs? Can you produce the sound that pigs produce? Huh? I wish you can get that sound. I'm not saying you're a pig, but you can just try to produce... Ladies and gentlemen, getting a good father is not easy. You might think your father is bad, but let me tell you, getting a good father is not easy. I've had countless stories of mothers who lost their husbands and decided to remarry. They were still young. Or some of them still felt there was fire you know you can still feel you have some fire and instead of burning you decide to do what to remarry in fact the bible says don't ban if you can marry just marry all right but make sure you marry the right man but i've heard countless stories of women who have remarried and they had children And their children narrate what the surrogate father was doing to them. horrendous stories. Yeah, There's even one I was watching the other day of a lady that the father died and then the mother remarried and brought in a man in the house and she said from today this is your father. But her she refused to recognize him as a father because she knew who her father, her real father was. Because it it happened very fast. Please, if you are remarrying, prepare your children. Don't force it on them. Talk to them about it. Have a conversation with them. Let them also check out the man. They might tell you something that you're not seeing. You know you, you are blind because of love. Today the church is called, am I, am I, am I in the right church? Talk to your children about it. Tell them, how what do you feel? And if they're not ready, pause it. But this woman was very quick. The father died, buried quickly. Brought a man in the house one day. They are eating, eating. Then he said, from today, my children, this is your father. And they're like, yeah. And that day he did not leave. He went into the bedroom. And that daughter that was of this mother that was narrating the story, she said she was hurt that day. And because of that, she refused to recognize that man as her father. Because it happened very fast. There was no orientation. There was no preparation and stuff like that. And now that man used to sleep with the mother and then wake up in the middle of the night to go and caress this girl. And he could tell the girl, if you tell your mother, I'll kill you. So the guy was firing two women in that house. The mother and the daughter. For many years. And she tried to hint to the mother, but the mother was so in love until she was blind. She couldn't see. Getting a good father is not easy. Some of you have fathers all over. My father is from Senegal. (laughs) My spiritual father. Another one is from Brazil. Another of my spiritual father is from I don't know where. Let me tell you, getting a real authentic father is not easy. It's not what many Christians say. I have five spiritual fathers. This is my father in prosperity. This is my father in anointing. This is my father in prayer. Tell your neighbor, you are lying. Paul says, you have many instructors, but you don't have many fathers. They are rare. They are few. And that's why when you get one who is good, who is genuine, who is loving, who is prayerful, who works in integrity, who loves your mother, cling on him like white on rice. He thought, if I go out there, I'll get a good father. But it was not true. Look at what he says when you read the story. He says, the Bible says, when he came back to his senses, one day he woke up and said, wait a minute, what's going on here? This guy is not my real father. I'm not supposed to be living like this. I'm not even supposed to be eating what the pigs are eating. The Bible says, when he got back to his senses, this is what he said. How many of my fathers, Look, he's mentioning his father. How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare and I perish with hunger. I am here struggling to find food to eat and my father's servants have enough food more than what they can actually eat, so my father is a good father that does not just treat me as a son well, but he's also treating his oh Jesus his servants well. And this father, I go the other day. Look at the treatment is giving the treatment is giving unto me as his servant. Ah, he said no, I have to go back home. Even if I'm not going back as a son, I want to work in that home. I want to work for my father. Not as a son, but as a servant. Because my father is a good father to both sons. Oh, Jesus. And servants, I'm going back home. That's why I'm telling you to get a good father. It's not easy. And so he went back home. Hallelujah. I want to tell parents who are here, treat your house manager well. Today, let me say that again. If you're a parent here, if you're a man here, if you're a woman here, you have a house manager, treat that lady, that person well. Because they are in that house, yes, to work, but they should also see you differently as a mother and a father in their lives. Don't give them food for pigs. Let them eat what you are eating. Someone say, when he came back to his senses. Yes, he recognized his mistake and he decided to go back home. So prodigal members are those who have come back to their senses. And they decide, hey, I'm going back home. COT is my home. I'm going back. Oh, I've realized that place has beautiful worship. I've realized that place, man, the pastor preaches and he says everything. He doesn't hide anything. Sometimes I feel like, oh, yeah, you should hide that one, but he says it anyway. Ah, let me just go back home because that's my home. When you come back to your senses and you had left and decide to come back to where you left, you are a prodigal member. When the guy came back home, look at the celebration. Look at the dancing. Look at the music. His return triggered a carnival mood in the house and it's the same way when a prodigal member comes back we are excited isn't it true we are happy we are saying welcome back home of course some of you tell them things like (laughs) (laughs) but in their hearts their hearts are ready their hearts are happy that this person who left has been able to come back amen I prophesy all our prodigal members will come back in the name of Jesus. From wherever they are, God, may you pull them back in Jesus' name. May they realize this is their home, this is their place of breakthrough, that they have a great father, and they have a great mother, and they have wonderful brothers and sisters in this church. Shout aloud, yes! That's why I want to give you counsel. When you leave, if you feel like you want to leave, live well. Because you might go out there and realize, eh, things are not what I thought. And decide, eh, let me go back home. You understand? It's like the song we used to sing. Nime tembeya. Nimetafuta foota Nime Zumbuka Hakuna Nataku na Nimetembeya Nimetembe Kote Kote Nimetafuta Futa Kote Why you not a footarin eh? Kote Yes that can be your experience. I met a member who left and he told me, Pastor, I've gone to 15 churches. None of them compares to you. So why waste energy to become a professional visitor? Tell Why do you want to waste your energy? You waste your fuel. You waste your time. You waste your everything. Stay at home. Hey, what a word! I remember there's a time Bishop Eddie was giving us a story of a member who left their ministry and came back after eighteen years. Now it's good you are back, but let me tell you, eighteen years is a long time. A lot of things have changed. The people that you are leading have become bishops. Some of the people you prayed for to get saved have become overseers. They are in charge of regions. So when you come, you have to submit under them and take orders from them. Unless you humble yourself, you cannot survive. It takes humility for the prodigal member to come back to the church. That's why many of them don't come back because they have a lot of pride. Because if you are leader of a department, when you come back, we have appointed somebody else and we cannot tell them to step down for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why the son knew, I cannot go back and be a son. Things have changed. Let me just go be a servant. That takes humility. Takes humility. So when you leave and you feel like you want to live, you feel like a prodigal son, please live well. Because one day you will want to come back. Don't burn bridges. Even when you're moving jobs, don't burn bridges. Don't. Yeah, don't. Don't treat your boss like nothing. Oh, I've been in this company. What has it helped me? What has it helped me? I'm going. What does it helped me? In fact, I've got a better deal you will see how my life will go to the next level. Don't do that. Live with humility. Go and tell your boss, boss, you are the best boss in the entire world. I'm just moving because it's an opportunity. But look, boss, I, please allow me, when I go and I find things are not good, allow me to come back home. Allow me to come back. <laughs> Humble yourself. Mention the things he has done for you. Tell him, since I started working here, I moved from an SQ to a three-bedroom house. You helped me get a car. Because I had a good job, I got married. Oh, boss, you've been a blessing to me. I don't feel like leaving you. But circumstances are forcing me to leave. But boss, please, I just want to leave the door open behind me so that in case when I go and find things are not working, allow me to come back. I will apply for the same position and come back. That is how you live. You don't live when you're twisting your bum bams and say, I will never come back. I will never come back. I will never come back. You are spoiling for yourself. The prodigal son said, Father, I want to come back home. Some of you don't want to sing the song because it is hitting you. Nimezunguka Nimetembea Oh please stand let's sing that song a bit Nimetafuta Oh, oh. Nimezunguka hey. Hakuna Nimetembea Please be silent. Are you enjoying my message? Yes. Number seven. The last one is the registered member. Do you know that some of the high-end hotels that we see around, they prefer that you call, book, say what time you're coming, how many people you're coming with, And where do you prefer to sit? At the terrace? Outside? Wherever? They prefer that so that they can give you a wonderful experience. So you have to give your your details. Isn't it? And once in a while you should be going to such hotels. You'll be there in Jesus' name. When you arrive there they check the list. What's your name, sir? Bambaginda or wherever. Oh, yeah, your name is here. All right. Welcome. I will show you to your desk. When you get to your desk or to your table, you realize that it has a sign there, reserved. Yes. Then you sit down and you feel nice. But there's there's some hotels, you just walk in. You Just go in, walk in. They say, we have come. Is there food? They say, ah, chakula nyingi. (laughs) And the place is packed. Then the waiter tries to look for a chair. There is no chair. He goes to the kitchen. pulls three chairs. Puts them outside the hotel. Brings food to you. Say, boss and the lair. When there is space, we'll bring you in. May God empower you to go to nice, decent places in the name of Jesus. I see you going to nice, decent places in Jesus' name. Woo! Mercy. So registration has to do with giving details. Give the details of your number, your name, how many people. And also in church, registration has to do with giving details about yourself. A registered member trusts the church. You can let the church know that this is me, this is my wife, these are my children. I am married. The church knows your marital status. The church knows where you stay. The church knows what you do. It's very, very important. Can I get an amen? Do you know that God is serious about registration? Yes, he is. Revelation chapter 20, verse 24 to 25. The Bible says, then death and heads were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. God is also very serious about registration. When you get saved, your name is added there. When you give your life to Christ, your name is added you know, into the book of life. So when you get there and the books are opened, you will say, my name is John Musambwa. That's the only name that came to my mind. And and then the angel will look, look, look. Oh, John, you are here. Come. Your room has been reserved. And escorts you to your room that Jesus went to build for us. Then he opens the door for you and he tells you, enter. This is your mansion. And when you enter to that mansion, you'll be so happy. Wow. You go to all the rooms and you're excited. Hallelujah. But if you're not born again, you say, hey, my name is Susan Mutemboa. And the angel is checking. Say, hey, repeat your name again. My name is Susan Mutemboa. They go to S. Hello. There is no S. The second name begins with what? M. M. They go to the M list. It's not that they tell you, oh, your name is not here. No, check again. Do you need glasses, angel? Check again. If you're not born again, your name is not there. If you're born again, your name is there. Hallelujah. That's why people will be turned away. People will cry. People will weep. The Bible says there will be gnashing of teeth. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. For me, I like calling it gnashing. Because the G is very important, gnashing of teeth. I don't know why they don't pronounce the G. That G is powerful. It will be gnashing of teeth. People will be crying because you expected your name to be there, but it will not be there. May your name be there. I say may your name be there in the name of Jesus. So ladies and gentlemen, you have to be a registered member in the church. Do you know there are members in the church who are very secretive? You don't know them. You don't know where they stay. You don't know their marital status. You don't even know if they have children or not. Please, be open. Be open. Let the church know you. Let the pastor know you. Let people around you know you. You know, it's getting quiet in here. I don't know why. It's getting kind of quiet. But let us know you. Are you married? If you're married, why are you not wearing your ring? You're making ladies make prayers that are not even there. God cannot answer those prayers. Be a registered member. This is who you are. This is my marital status. This is where I stay. What you see is what you get. Honest. Transparent. Open. Young lady, if you have a child, let us know. Have a lot of snake queens walking around twisting their hips and showing their fingertips and they have children in the village. Oh, you're very quiet on me. Will I finish my message? Tell your never let us know you. Even the pastor wants to know you. One time I was praying for somebody to get married. When I talked to him, I realized he's already married. (laughs) Zeph, are you married? (laughs) (laughs) Because he's saying, my prayer is not working. (laughs) I need to know if God is going to answer my prayer. Are you sure you're not married? You're single like a biscuit. Ask your neighbor for me. Are you a registered member in this church? Do we have your details? Do we know you? Do we know where you stay? Do we know what you do? Do we know who you are? Luke chapter 2. Finishing. Bible says, verse 1 to 5, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus. That all all the world should be registered. This was for the entire world. That the entire world should be registered. Verse 2. Give me quickly. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. Verse 3. So all went to be registered. Everyone. Somebody say everyone. Shout it louder. Everyone. Everyone to his own city. Everybody was registered. Because it was important. The king wanted to get data. Verse 4. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David. Which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. He came from royalty, but he still went to be registered. Because when it comes to registration, there is no partiality, everybody has to be registered. Verse 5. And he went to be registered with who? With Mary, his wife. His betrothed wife who was with a child. Mary was pregnant with a child. But this was not an ordinary child. This was a special child. This was Jesus. This was Emmanuel. But she still went for the registration as well. Look at it. But tell them you are not too important to be registered. Everybody has to be registered. And so I want to stop there. And I will continue this coming Sunday. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Tecero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.